and good morning. Please join with me in our responsive call to worship found in our bulletins. In this season of Advent, let us receive God's grace and joy as our awareness of God becomes unveiled with the birth of every new moment. In each new heartbeat of hope. This is God's gift. Offered to us. The gift of life, filled with ordinary moments, but made holy by our attention to God's presence and grace. Let us attend now to the unfolding of God's love in us and among us. Let us attend to the dawning of God's hope, breaking forth in the world, and to the whispers of God's peace. This is the time. Let's now pray together as one church family. Surprising and majestic God of love and light, we are so aware, especially during this season, how your presence sets wonder, hope, peace, love and joy into motion. And as we gather in our time of worship, reflection, reverence and celebration, like Mary, we too are filled with amazement at how you found favor with us. And just as you chose to be present long ago through the prophets and through the birth of Christ Jesus, you choose now, again and again, to be present through your living spirit, through your love, through all who work for peace, and through our own families, friends, and neighbors. And so it is that we celebrate the fullness of your presence today in every bit of the hope, peace, love, and joy in our lives and in all corners of the earth. And in those places where it is absent, we celebrate your presence by creating it through our dedication and effort. So God, may you continue to bless us in this way, this moment, this day, and this amazing season, as we pray together in the way Christ taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
be seated. Good morning, everyone. Merry Christmas. It is that time of year. So that means there are a lot of things going on here at Southport Congregational Church that you are going to want to participate in. The first is taking the friendship registers found on the outside aisles, um, sides of your, pew, of your pews. Take them, write your name down, jot us a note, say hello. If you're visiting with us, give us your information so we can reach out and welcome you officially and answer any questions you might have. We are thrilled to have you here with us. Wherever you are on your faith journey, we are thrilled that you landed here with us today and we welcome you all. So let's get down to business. If you signed up for the Advent workshop, that takes place right after um, in Fellowship Hall, but you are first going to meet me in um, the chapel. And Philip and I will be there for all sorts of fun and surprises. And then we'll move to Fellowship Hall. If you forgot to sign up and you are one of the first three people to wave your hand right now, um, I have three extra tables and you can have one of them. Um, the Giving Tree is up in Fellowship Hall, and so um, our Giving Tree is an annual event. We contact agencies prior to Christmas. This year we are working with Siri, Connecticut Institute for Refugees and Immigrants, and Emerge, which is a homeless shelter for um, domestic uh, violence um, survivors and their children. So they have asked for specific gifts. Those are on little tags. You will meet Tracy Provost and Karen Jones, I believe, um, there at the tree. And you'll take a tag, you'll go purchase it, wrap it up nicely, put the tag back on it, and then deliver them here to church by December 18th. And they will be distributed on December 19th. So um, everybody can have a very Merry Christmas. Um, also, if you know me and you're a child, you know that I don't mention his name very often, but I do have to let you know we got a special message from Santa saying he will be here in Southport on Thursday at 5 p.m. You might not want to miss that because ushering him in with songs and joy of all sorts is Paul and Julianne and myself. That alone is a show to, you don't want to miss. And then following that, for the first time, um, and this is a program brought to us by Julianne, we are going to, we've combined two programs. The first, Julianne's, which is called A Blue Christmas. And that is for us to recognize that yes, the holidays are joyous and full of fun and joy, but there's also for some people, some sadness that they have, um, they're not spending Christmas with the people that they love the most um, for this year or for many past years. So we are taking the blue Christmas concept, which is a little worship service, acknowledging that, and joining it with um, the Tree of Light, which used to be run by the Visiting Nurses Association, but uh, COVID did that program in, so we are trying to reinvent it, and it's just a memorial tree that will be out in Fellowship Hall. So uh, I think you've received a couple emails where you can um, send in the loved one's name, and we will be reading that on a roll that night as part of the Blue Christmas. Um, so if you haven't yet done that, go just search back on your, um, emails for the Blue Christmas or talk with Pam in the office and we can be sure to include your loved ones. Um, 
Fellowship Hour, because of the Advent Workshop, will be in the library, so you, don't worry, you're still going to get your coffee and, and treats. You'll just have them in a more beautiful setting this time in the library. And then um, mark your calendars, December 18th is our adult um, open house, Parsonage Christmas open house, um, which is a hoot. And um, that's just drop in anytime um, during the hours that it's open. <laughs> or you can drop in anytime. I mean, it's a parsonage, it's open to all. But, um, you know, we'll be more ready for you when, um, when it's starting, which is uh, at 5 p.m. So um, with that, I would like to invite the Nichols family forward to light our Advent candle and our junior choir. Today is the second week of Advent, a time that we prepare to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. We are here because we seek the peace that God's presence brings into our lives. God brought the message of peace into the world through Jesus. We pray that our world can soon be at peace, that all the fighting will stop, all the wars will end. We will do our best to make sure we help to bring peace into this world. And so, on the second Sunday of Advent, we celebrate all the ways that God calls us to be a people of peace, to be a people who know that God is present in our lives. Let us join together in the responsive litany found in our bulletins. The season of Advent continues. Last Sunday, the frail light of a single candle dared to pierce through the darkness of despair and bring hope into the world. Today, we light the candle of peace. In the midst of all the struggles of our daily lives, God comes to us to provide tranquility and quietness. I say a rope, for unto us a child is born, us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. It is with hope in our hearts that we light the second candle of Advent, the candle of peace.
you. Um, at this time, uh, during the hymn, all our kids can leave to go to the chapel. If you're in the pageant, you'll stay there. If you are not going to be able to be in the, be in the pageant, uh, Sydney King will take you to the youth room for activities. But as we enter into this time of prayer for our community and our world, I do ask you to keep the following people in your hearts and minds and spirits. For Robin Hogan, who suffered serious injuries from a bike accident on Tuesday and is now recovering at home, we pray. For Janet Reed, who is recovering from two eye corneal transplants and is recovering now, for Wren, Nate, and Scarlett Rex, the family of Carol Ketchum, who died uh, last Friday and who was celebrated in a funeral this Friday, we pray for peace and healing. For Dave, Peggy, Sam, and Vicki Stewart on the death of Dave's father, Gary, who died on Sunday, we offer our prayers and solidarity. For Mary Martha Schertz, who is recovering from a hip replacement surgery, for Don O'Ryan, who is recovering from a shoulder replacement surgery, 
and for all those who are recovering and undergoing continuous cancer treatment, we offer our prayers for strength, resilience, and healing. Finally, we do offer prayers of thanksgiving and gratitude and celebration for the birth of Gordon Paul Franzen, who was born on the 30th of November to Willie and Amy Franzen and, their grand, and the grandchild of Anne and Jack Franzen. So for all those in our community who are struggling, for all those who are celebrating, we hold them in our hearts in prayer this time. Lord God, long is the list of words we have used to describe you. Almighty, all-knowing, all-encompassing, always, benevolent, blessed, caring, divine, everlasting, good, infinite, strong and most high, creator, redeemer, comforter, love. Lord, long is the list of words, and long have we waited upon you. Long as Abraham was led through the desert to the promised land. Long as his legacy, the Israelites longed for liberation. Long as these people awaited the light. The light of the world that shone in the form of a human child. The love incarnate that was a lesson to all of us for how to live the leader of a great people who did not lead by force, but by the power of example. Long have we waited to meet this savior in the Advent season, and long have you been by our side, Emmanuel, God with us. Lord God, may our waiting and our longing, our grieving and yearning be redeemed. Help us to see your mark and your tender touch in everything. Help us to know and feel that the truly transcendent transcends the words we use to describe it, that it's simple, really. We are loved, Lord, and we love. We are loved by love itself. We carry your indelible mark, and so you, though we wait, have already arrived. You continue to arrive, in all of the ways that we, your body, show up. So may you guide us to show up, to show up for those we love, to live as selflessly as our savior those 33 short years he walked among us in the flesh, to love as boldly as our savior as he gave up everything, even life, and to be as deeply and truly human as our savior as he arrived in the way all of us do, vulnerable, fragile, crying, and waiting for the loving touch of a mother. Long, Lord, have we waited, and will we wait this Advent season, but Lord, our faith was born out of the waiting. There is life in the waiting, and there is love in the longing, the longing that your presence, through our presence, redeems. So may we feel that peace that surpasses all understanding now. We pray this in the name of love. Amen.
enter into our time of generosity, I ask you to think back on the last week or so. We have successfully survived Black Friday, Cyber Monday, which is really three days, Giving Tuesday, and we're in the thick of Christmas shopping. And as we think about this time of generosity and of giving, I invite you to reflect on the words of Mother Teresa, who said, it's not how much we give, but how much love we put into the giving. It is in that spirit of love and giving that I invite you into this morning's offering, for which instructions are in your bulletin and on your screen, and for which we thank you so much for all the love that you give.
Just after Thanksgiving, I went to an auto shop to get some parts. And uh, I'm checking out. I'm talking to the guy who works there, mechanic kind of a guy. And at one point, he said, you know, nobody says Happy Thanksgiving anymore, or Merry Christmas, or even Happy Holidays to me. He said, they say it back when I say it first. He said, but nobody ever says that to me. And then he said, there's no holiday feeling this year. Nothing seems special. He said, I work seven days a week. Every day is the same. So I stayed around and we talked a bit. And I thought about that. That holiday feeling that we all want. Sometimes people say, you know, how does that, how does that happen? I want that feeling. I wonder, does it just happen? Does it just show up? Why do some people feel it more and other people seem to feel it less? And is there something that we do that generates that feeling of genuine love and, and warmth and genuine goodwill and kind of deep down cheer? What makes that happen? And I thought about our scripture passage that we can read together now. It's from the New Testament book of James. What good is it, people of faith, if someone says they have faith but does not have works? Can that faith save that person? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food and one of you says to them, Go in peace, be warmed and filled without giving them the things needed for the body. What good is that? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. May God bless our living of this word of abundant life. We've moved into the season of hope and peace and love Enjoy. But sometimes people don't feel that. Just not feeling it. There are certain days, I, I will tell you, if, if I'm the, in the midst of, of some uh, especially bad turmoil or crisis or just having a bad day, I'm not feeling it either.
Something I looked up last night, 67% of people in Ukraine are Christian. I bet they are having a hard time feeling it right now. And weirdly, I thought it was weird, Christianity, specifically Russian Orthodox Christianity, is the most widely professed faith in Russia. But for every person there is in this world, our scripture reminds us there's our professed faith, there's what we say, and then there's what we do. So if we wish people peace this season, or hope, or love, or goodwill to all, but we do little to make it happen? My guess is you're not going to really be feeling it. That wish is going to feel empty for you. And so you may think that the problem lies with the wish. If we're not feeling it, if we're not getting that kind of, of love and, and warmth and atmosphere, is our faith failing us? Some people think that's the reason. Is it all a sham? Or is there some degree of control that we have that, that will make this good will, that will make God's will take hold? We had a funeral here on Friday, and uh, one of our, our members, it was Carol Ketchum, and she is, as Julie shared in the prayer, she is the, the mother of another one of our members, another family, uh, Ren Rex and Nathaniel and their daughter Scarlett, and Carol died on Thanksgiving Day, Thursday morning. And she was married for 52 years to a minister who Laura and I knew for about 30 years, and he was a minister in West Avon, Connecticut. And Carol was a wonderful person, if any of you had the opportunity to know her. And she was a faithful person. And she died a little on the young side. She was, she was 81, a little young these days. And her husband, Don, who was the minister, he died back in 2015 at 72 years old. Shortly after he retired of serving 32 years, faithful service as the minister of the West Avon Congregational Church. I, my dad was a member there, actually. And here's Carol. Wonderful, faithful, loving, vivacious, mother, grandmother, dies on Thanksgiving morning. And amazingly, you know what I did not hear from the family? 
Let me first tell you what I did see and hear. What I saw and what I heard was a family of great love. I saw and I heard there were tears, sure, for grief, so they weren't out of touch. But they had grown up in this household of, of faith and warmth and love and service and giving to others. And at this time in their lives, they were living and they re were reacting to what was happening and they were drawing on their lifetime of, of deposits that they had made, cosmic investments of love and faith, support and gratitude, and their actions. So at this time, they were not acting out of a deficit. And because of that, even though this time was a time of, of loss, because there had been such a lifetime of practice, they were even at this time on Thanksgiving morning and then the day later when we, when we also met, and they were full of love and support and gratitude and appreciating, appreciating their mother and all the time that they had And then I began with saying what I did not hear. What I did not hear was how they got ripped off or shortchanged. What a raw deal this was. Their mother, younger than she should have been meeting death and on Thanksgiving Day of all things, and not just that, but their father, for God's sake, I mean, served for 32 years, 32 years of service in a church, and then shortly after he retires, is 72 years old. And he dies because he fell and he gets a hit on his head. What kind of God is that? I hear people say things like that, you know. Things like, you know, we'll never have a good Thanksgiving again. There was none of that. From them, just love, togetherness, appreciation for life, for faith, appreciation for this church that a mother and the family found. And I thought, you know, it's amazing the different kind of life experience that you have from a lifetime practice of faith, making those deposits. What that provides during both joyous times and, and, and tough times. In both cases, though, being able to draw from, from a huge cosmic account of investments of generosity and love, actions, works, as our scripture would put it, So it was amazing, I thought, what I, what I did hear and what I didn't hear. What their life experience was as a result.
actions. Putting flesh on the faith. That makes a difference. Emmanuel is a word that we hear a lot during this time of year. Choir just sang the song, Emmanuel. That literally translates as God in the flesh. God with us. And Jesus, who put faith into flesh, he's called Emmanuel sometimes. And that's Christmas. Putting flesh on the faith. Actions. So how much of feeling it is receiving that and how much of it is creating that for others. Last Sunday I was hit with this in a, in a little bit of a different way and it was last Sunday for those of you who were here, beautiful cantata, thank you so much. Just right, just right. And so thank you to our choir and, and our soloists and and Elaine, and, and Darwin Shen was here. We love Darwin, you know, on his, when he plays his violin, right? Oh my God, you know, I don't even know how he hits some of those notes that he hits, right? Just some are, you know, some are just so quick, and it reminds me, I was thinking about this, like a, it's like a butterfly all of a sudden just taking off. It's like, plays, and sometimes they're so soft, so soft. And sometimes they're just really bold, right? And he and I were talking last week. And I said, you know, Darwin, you inspired me. You inspired me, and part of the Sunday's message is, is inspired by you, because I was, as I was listening to you play, I said, you know, you can tell in an instant, and all of us can, right? The moment we hear him play, this is a person who has spent God knows how many hours, Right? in the discipline and practice of his craft. And it just comes through as beauty and ease. And it's like every violinist, like every musician that there is. It's really like every person in, in any field, including, you know, you think of things like cooking, finance. You can tell that for as gifted as, as any person might be, thinking about Darwin, you can tell, you know, he didn't just pick up the violin at some point and just starts playing like that. It's not like flipping on a stereo, which, by the way, is why less and less people are playing instruments these days, because it's really easy to just flip on a stereo on a switch. But it's like faith. You can't just flip it on without any background or foundation. And, and I was talking to Darwin about this, and I said, you know, it's like anybody. You begin awkwardly, right? And he's nodding his head yes. I said, when you were beginning playing the violin, I bet there were a lot of squeaks, right? He's like, yeah. With every virtuoso, it always starts with squeaks. It always starts awkwardly and with difficulty. 
and sometimes with ear-splitting sounds that are just like nails on the blackboard. That's part of it. But in spite of that, young Darwin, when he first started playing, squeaking, he continued. He practiced. He did the work, works. He learned the feel of the instrument. He became familiar with the, with the smell. Any, any of you who have ever played an instrument, you know there's a certain smell that you, when you open the case, you get familiar with and it becomes yours. Still a beginner, he practiced. He learned how to tune the instrument. He learned how to adjust the tension the right way on the bow. He learned the notes on the scales. And over the years, he developed technique, gradually working his way up the neck, playing the more difficult notes, but still a novice. Even though he could play many, many notes at a certain point, would you yet call that beautiful or something that could move you, breathtaking? Not yet. Not yet a master. So his efforts continued. Learning, mastering the notes, then the chords and phrases and efforts continued, and, and technique and feel developed to the point that he didn't have to think about the notes anymore. Right? Now he starts to embrace and starts to communicate through the instrument phrases that can create emotions, happiness, angst, calm through his music. He creates music that makes you feel. More practice. He practiced while other kids were watching television. He practiced while the other kids were playing video games, while the other kids were going to the movies, playing with friends. And he practiced. He practiced when he wanted to, when it felt good, when it was rewarding. And he practiced when he didn't want to, when it wasn't rewarding. And that's the way it is. That's what it means to say when, when we say, I have a practice. That's what it's about. And he kept up the practice when it felt, although he wasn't making any progress at all. And on it went. He and I talked about, we, I think we, all many of us know about the, you know, this 10,000 hours. 10,000 hours in any discipline it takes to become truly proficient, achieve mastery. Just like the way we practice faith. We practice when it's easy, and we practice when it's tough. Practicing hope, practicing peace. Not when it's already there, right? It's not just thinking that peace is a, is a good idea. Isn't that a nice idea? I like that. Wishing that it would happen, saying, why isn't the world better? That's not practicing peace or faith but working at it, 
Working at it when it's not there. When do you make peace? Would you make peace when peace is already there? There would be nothing to make. When do you practice faith when you already have it? When do you practice love in a relationship? When everything's easy and there's already a lot of love? Or when it takes effort? When it takes work? Works, our scripture says. Wishing goodwill to all or or doing what you can to make that happen. You know, the opportunities, which is wonderful, abound. I was thinking about this, like, does owning a violin make you a violinist? Does having a Christmas tree give you a meaningful Christmas? Darwin has practiced, done the work, to the point where now, it's interesting, we call the violin the instrument, right? He's practiced to the point where now, you know what the real instrument is? He's the real instrument. And it comes through this piece of wood and strings. Hope, peace, love, faith, joy. Do they just show up? Or does God offer us opportunities to bring that into being? To put flesh on our faith. Every time there is not one of those things. Every time there is not love to create it. Every time there is not peace to work at making that happen. To be an instrument of peace, of hope. To be an instrument of Christmas, God with us. And I think about our Thanksgiving baskets that we, that you donated all the pieces for and then you put them together, gave them to families in need. I think about our Christmas giving tree that we're starting today and those Those people who, without your touch, without your gift, it's weird to think that there would be none. But there wouldn't. That's creating hope. I think about those who volunteer, sometimes week after week, to create an atmosphere of fellowship and community every Sunday so we can have refreshments and creating this atmosphere of of community and togetherness, a time to connect. I I think about our help for refugees, people who literally, this is wild, people who literally have run for their lives. Can you imagine? I think about our helping inner city kids with their education so they can create a better future for everyone through Adam J. Lewis and Horizons and the Shepherds Program and and for adults through the Mercy Learning Center. Too many to mention. I think about pitching in financially to support the vast array of our ministry here of, of who we care for 
and how and every age and making that happen. And not just thinking that, wow, that's a great idea, but actually helping to make that happen. And we do that through our contributions. We don't have to. It's a gift. Christmas, Emmanuel, God with us, so cool. God with us through Christ, and God with us through us. I believe that the blessing of Christmas, Emmanuel, God with us, is multiplying this and making this happen and giving it substance Christmas, Christmas itself didn't just happen. Christmas itself didn't just show up one day. There was great effort from Mary, Joseph, the angels, consent, the donkey, the trip to Bethlehem, the shepherds, the wise men, even fleeing for their lives from Herod. How much effort. Christmas didn't just show up. Don't wait for it to come to you. And that is our gift to us from God. And that is our gift from us. That's what we do here. And that is the real essence of all of the beauty of Christmas. That is our faith. That is our gift. Our giving. May we practice opportunity after opportunity. May you become the instrument and may you let God, let your heart grow. We are so blessed that God has created a banquet for us. There's this banquet. The bigger banquet is the banquet of life, where God invites us to this banquet every day, every moment, to receive and then to, to share once again, to share that nourishment with others. And so we thank you, God, for inviting us to, to this table, to this banquet, to, to be nourished, knowing that you invite all 
all who wish to be nourished by you. And so we come to this table, not because we must, but because we may. Not because we are complete in ourselves, but because we all need to receive the forgiveness, the strength, and nourishment from God that only God can provide. And so we come to this table, for all things are now ready. And as we do, we recall Christ, who with his disciples in the upper room, took the bread, gave thanks, blessed it, broke it, gave it to them, saying, this is my body, which is broken for you. Take and eat of this, and as often as you do, remember me. And ministering to you in his spirit and in his presence, we offer you this bread.
May the body and substance of Christ be with you. Let's join together. On that same night, and in the same way, after dinner, Jesus took the cup. And after pouring some wine into it, he blessed it. And he gave it to his disciples, and he said, Take and drink, for this is the blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many, for the forgiveness of sins. Take and drink of it, and as often as you do so, remember me. So ministering to you in his name, we offer you this cup.
cup of blessing and forgiveness poured out for us all. received grace, let us now say grace. God of this tiny miracle, bread become body, become forgiveness. Wine and juice become blood, become grace. We thank you for the many ways in which we receive your miracles. Small, almost unnoticed, the strength to wake up and practice. A Merry Christmas wished on a rainy day. A smile from a friend. We thank you for these miracles and we pray, Lord, that we may know that they are not the fulfillment of your promise, but a foretaste. That we may grow and be transformed by these small miracles until your virtues are made complete in us that we may be people of hope, people with peace, people loving and loved and people of joy. God, we pray that we may feel this now and that we may give this as a gift so that we may know that our faith is lived, is embodied, is tangible, even as your love has been made tangible through this sacrament. And so we thank you and we pray that you are in us just as you are with us. As we pray, Emmanuel, God with us. Amen.
because our God is a forgiving God and a loving God and a God of second chances, just to complete the first part of the story that I was sharing in the sermon about the guy in the auto shop, I'll tell you where I failed and what I'm going to go back and do this week is to say to him, you know, I know of just the place. <laughs> yes, yes, who has what you're looking for. That's what we do. As we go out from this place, beautiful place, this place of great grace and joy and strength, place of great love, place where we receive God's light and where we shine that light. May you go with all the blessings and courage and strength and uplift that God gives now and forevermore. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.